Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart, and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. At Legacy School of Discipleship, I get this most wonderful opportunity to have a small group of people from across the world and journey with them into the deep things of God. And I take them by the hand, so to speak, and mentor them in the spiritual life. And it's interesting for me that of the countless of people that come to our ministry, Every single one has been in the church communities, they've been in Sunday school, uh, they read Christian books, they attend Christian conferences. But I'm always amazed when I ask them certain questions uh, regarding the spiritual life that hardly anyone can give actually a biblical answer to rather simple questions that I ask. In a tricky way, I admit, I would often ask, people tell me, what is joy? Or, what is peace? Or, what is glory? Or, in this lesson you will see today, what is grace? And then, for our students, we try to regurgitate what this particular book, or that conference, or this particular message taught them, or... They come up with concepts, they come up with ideas that I just stand there sometimes and I'm listening to this and I'm like, oh God, please help. Because never does any student ever say that joy is God or righteousness is God. In their spirituality, God almost has no place. That is, they extrapolate the characteristics of God, and then what they seek in the spiritual life is really not God often. They just seek another characteristic. I want victory. I want breakthrough. I want deliverance. I want, um, let's say, patience, or I want meekness. And so God then becomes the source from which they get this characteristic. And in my school, I often bait them, what is patience? And they would all tell me what it is, what it is. And then, after I've had enough, I would explain to them that God is really what you're after. Patience is just God. Mercy or grace is just God. And in my school, I have this unique opportunity to shape the paradigm within the followers of Jesus Christ, that he actually is the Christian life. The Christian life is not a set of virtues that we conquer. This week I'm going to conquer joy. This week I'm going to conquer love. This week I'm going to conquer patience. I paint for them the New Testament story in a fresh way and reframe for them that God is really what you need. 
Patience is not added to your being. God is added to your being. The life of God, the nature of God is added. And that nature will organically bear in you the fruit of love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, etc., etc. I wanted to share with you briefly here from Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. This is the Apostle Paul at his best. He speaks to the Colossian and Laodicean community here, and he says to them that it has been God's will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. In the foregoing verse, he speaks how God had a mystery that was hidden, and that mystery is actually Jesus the Christ. And now Paul says God has willed it to make known how rich this mystery is. In other words, how rich this Jesus Christ is within the saints. And then he gives almost a little bit of a definition here in Colossians 1 verse 27. Listen carefully. He says, Christ in you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. The person of God himself in Jesus Christ himself is the only guarantee that you have of shining in glory again, of manifesting glory again, of being recovered back to glory. That's another topic, but glory is the beauty of God, the splendor of God. Glory is the, 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 the being of God untouched and undefiled. And man at one time was that, but we fell from glory. We fell from the image of God. We fell from the good of God, from the perfect of God, from the best, the fullness, the wholeness of God. And in Judaism, and in other religions for that matter, the emphasis is always on what can I add to my being to recover this glory? What can I add to shine again, to, to have weight in my being again, to have substance? What, what can I do? What can I add? What characteristic, what subject, what virtue can I mean business with? And Paul writes to the Colossians and he says, Christ in you, Christ, God himself, is the only hope that you have of glory. Love is not the hope of glory. Patience is not the hope of glory. Christ, in whom the fullness of God dwells. All of God is in Jesus the Christ. And Christ Jesus is the mystery of God, the best kept secret of God. And when you receive Jesus Christ, you don't receive just a set of virtues. You actually receive the nature of God. And Christ in you is the only way, the only way. I preach and I teach this hard in our spiritual formation school. And um, in our culture, I hardly find anybody who has this understanding that the Christian life is not just mastering a set of virtues. I mean, if that's what Christianity is, then we are no different than the Buddhist. 
who is going after a set of virtues and the new ager who's really um, fixating on virtues and everybody and anybody this is really their heart's desires to be a virtuous person no the new testament christian is altogether a different breed of people it's not somebody who is working to attain to a kind of a virtue we are people that have obtained a person a singular person almighty god in jesus christ christ in you christ in you christ in you is the hope of glory paul goes on in the book of colossians and he says we announce him we admonish every man and we teach every man in all wisdom so that we can present every man full grown in christ full grown not in a virtue but full grown in a person in this message here i uh, asked students at my school tell me what is grace and i was leading them on i will admit and, and nobody could really give me an answer as to what is grace eventually i brought it around and i taught them grace is not another what grace is a who and that who is my lord and savior jesus christ God is not an entity with different subjects that we study. So there's God and His righteousness. There's God and His subject of holiness. There's God and grace. There's God and mercy. There's God and His peace. Here is how you've been taught. There's God and then He's got these characteristics that we can study. You have begun to divorce the characteristics from God Himself. Because your spiritual vision has not been formed that grace is God. Peace is not something we get from God. Peace is God. Love is not some characteristic of God. God is love. Can you follow with me? In the average shallow Christian waters we, we tread, it's as though God stays on the throne and then we wrestle with these little thoughts and subjects and truths and concepts. What is grace? And, and here is what we would say. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve when we don't do, when we get don't, to do, do, and we get into do, do, so we don't do because we didn't, and He does and we're all over the place. You don't have yet a spiritual mind. You still think carnal. So in the spiritual life, the answer is God. We don't say what is grace. We say who is grace? Almighty God. Who is love? Almighty God. Who is patient? So we don't study the characteristics of God and say, Oh, I think I need the joy of God today. No, you don't need joy. You need God. Yeah. And what you need is the nature of God. 
And when the nature of God comes into you, it will facilitate the joy you need. It will facilitate the patience. You don't go after the characteristic. You go after the person. So I have been around Christians, and we, we do the following. And I was the leader of the following. We sit around and we realize, oh shoot, I don't have a lot of patience. So then I say to myself, well, this week, I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to work on patience. Like, just like he said, what we do is we compartmentalize and we isolate a characteristic. And now we're asking God to work this characteristic. We are thinking like the pagans. Pardon the French. We are thinking. We, we have such unrenewed thinking. So, yeah. I dig a little trench to my swamp here and let some of the patience of God filter in here. Now that's all good that we're aware how impatient we are. But here's the thing is, patience is not a virtue. Patience is the nature of Almighty God. And I need to learn to receive the fullness of God, walk with God, and He will work love in me at the same time patience, at the same time this fruit, at the same time that fruit. Like that spoke, that wheel with all those spokes that we are um, imagining, one spoke is not greater than the next. That, that life nature seeps into every spoke at the same time. For instance, as you're learning to fellowship with God, that very instance you're receiving revelation. And that very instance, the revelation is showing you some of the darkness in you and God wants to deal. It all happens spontaneously, what we call organically. You can't script for God like, Lord, I think I need for you to work on this today. Now, it's nice that you're aware of how impatient you are, but your need in life, hear me, is not patience. Your need is God Himself. Because in God is the fullness of godliness. And if you learn to abide in Him, you will bear the fruit, the expression, the characteristic spontaneously. It will not be a work of your effort. It has to be a work of grace. Patience is produced through grace in a person. There cannot be another way. There's the natural patience of what we would say a, a, a temperate personality where you learn certain lessons to be orderly and timely. And, and um, yes, in the natural, we can study patience in certain temperaments and characteristics. And I, I study Oprah and, and I can learn from her. Okay? But in the spiritual life, you can't pick what you want and how. You, you need God. So, beloved, before we go any further, you have treated Christianity as a subject to be studied instead of a person. And this is what we have done in Judaism. God no longer became my prime obsession. They're the things of God. I swapped God for the characteristics of holiness and not sinning and trying to be virtuous. So, Jesus came to show us the New Testament way. And the New Testament way is I get God for serving God. The answer now is not what can I do. The answer is who, who, who. 
And beloved, that mindset is not among the Christians today. What is patience? Then everybody will have a definition. Patience is to have a calm spirit. And I'll ask you, tell me, what is righteousness? Well, righteousness is to be right. And it's a spiritual man will begin to be less focused on the characteristic and he will be more focused on the person of God. And this will be a tremendous renewing work of the Spirit of God. And this is baby principles in God. Where we are not just joining a kind of a religion where we practice virtues. And now we're discussing the virtue of grace. No, the New Testament is a better covenant. It has to be a better covenant than the old covenant. It must be according to the book of Hebrews. If the old covenant was perfect, the book of Hebrews teaches, there would be no need for a new covenant. And now we are in the new covenant, so we see that the old covenant had fault. It was incomplete. In the old covenant, we were all about virtue. In the new covenant, we are about a person. And I want to challenge you during your time here at Legacy to have that kind of a, 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 a dialing in of your vision. That no matter what people ask of you of the Christian life, you deflect to a person, not a characteristic. If that can be calibrated within you, the anointing will partner with you in ways that definition can't. I ask a simple definition of grace. All of you should have just said, I can hardly explain grace, but I know who grace is, and it's Almighty God. Now we're struggling with what we're not getting when we do get, when we don't get. When I'm giving you a hard time, Hallie. But we have been taught that grace is God looking away. Can you follow with me? And mercy is God not spanking as hard as He could. And that is our common understanding is I sinned and so God is looking away because of the blood of Jesus. And, and that's basically what we're trying to say in a very shallow way, in a, an incomplete way. What is mercy? Mercy is when God spanks me, it's, it's at least He's not killing me. Thank you, God. No. Listen carefully before we go into our note here, beloved. Grace is more than God has never looked away from you. Grace, here it is. I'm going to give you a bunch of definitions. Grace is God not looking away, but grace is God intentionally coming your way intentionally wanting to give his person to your person. So grace is not God overlooking or avoiding or pretending or what we might say denying. Grace is God saying, no, there's a sinner, there's Francois, and I want to be in his life. Now, when God then comes with his grace, what does he come? He doesn't come with a characteristic or something. I want you to get this into your vocabulary. Grace is the nature of God, the very bosom of God. Grace is the very, help me beloved, the core of God. 
Grace is the essence of God's person added to my person, coming to my person, bestowed upon my person, lavished upon my person. Grace is not God sitting on the throne and then dishing out some kindness. Hey, uh, I think that sinner, let's give him a little two crumbs of kindness. This sinner over here, he's just getting a half a crumb of kindness. Although he doesn't deserve it, and this one gets a lot, this one gets half. No, grace is not God dishing out crumbs of kindness. Grace is God's nature. Climbing into your nature and like baptizing you in His person. But I haven't experienced this. That's why you got to have faith, the other side of the axle. Now let's push this matter one step further and go to the Greek word karas. And let me tell you what the idea is here. Before you write, look here. In the Greek word charis, the following thoughts are conveyed, although the word doesn't say it. And that's the tricky thing with biblical language. There is a thought conveyed, although the word can't hardly encapsulate all of the thought. There is Seth. He has the need to write a book. But he's ill-equipped to write the book. You have the need to live the godly life, but you are very ill-equipped to live for God because you've got sin in you, let's say. So bear with me. He can't write that novel. Here am I with a richness of a supply. I'm the pen maker. So what I do is, this is in the Greek thought, I want to bestow freely, unmerited, lavishly, a pen to this man. But when I give this man a pen, what I'm really giving him is enablement. I'm giving him a supply. Why? To make him more than he can be in the natural. I'm, grace is when God's nature equips this man to write and to live and to walk out. Grace is not God turning aside, oh, he can't write a book, so I'm just going to, for, you're forgiven. No, grace is God giving you the pen. It's a gift. It's a supply. It's, it's an enablement so that you can write. Why? So that you can fulfill your purpose. Why? So that there could be a novel. So, so that gift is, is called charis. It's not just a gift that's kind, but it's a gift to enable. Of course, kindness is the motivation. Love is the motivation. Well, no doubt about that. But why do I give you the gift? To make, and this is where you're missing it, to make you more than you will ever be in the natural. Grace is the divine supply of God to lift you up above this world, to, to transform you. Grace is the ink to cause you to write the story of God, where in the natural you cannot write the story of God through your life. Now, the, the word doesn't say that the complete definition. The word just means a gift. We add the word unmerited and favor, but the word karas just means gift. But the idea is why the gift? It's a supply and it's an enablement to cause you to do something. So let's crystallize a few thoughts here. 
Grace is not a what? Thing. Grace is a? Who. Thank you. We're getting it. So when I ask you next time, tell me something about the love of God. Then you don't pull out the characteristic. You just you begin to describe the person. Don't pray, oh, God, give me joy. Rather say, God, give me you. Can you follow with me? Let's make that crossing over in that thought in our Christian life. Otherwise, if you just deal with characteristics, you are, you're, just, you're just still in the old covenant. Okay, so let's get that thought. Now, the next thought is grace. Is, is God Himself added to your being? Grace is, is, is God being the, the source. God being the supply. We've already covered this. Grace is the everything of God. Given out of love, given out of the motivation of kindness and, and, and what have you. But what is grace? Grace is God added to my being. Why? To lift me up. To supply me. To strengthen me. To become what He needs me. What He wants me. To become more than I can ever be in the natural. That's my definition of grace. Grace is God freely, lavishly added to my being to supply me to change, to go, to be, to, to, to be renewed. Bottom line is to make me more than I can ever be in the natural. That is grace. Grace is just God added to my being. How is it added? Freely. How is it added? Super abundantly. Now you can go into all of these um, descriptors, right? But bottom line is what is grace? Grace is God. What? Given, bestowed, added, supplied. Now why is God given to my being? To equip me. To, to make me more. Able. To enable Come on, let's use those ver uh, adverbs. What are they? To equip. To equip me, yeah. Yeah. Now the Bible says that we are being transformed, right? We are being sanctified, right? We are being renewed, right? We are being conformed to Christ, right? Well, pray tell. Pray tell. How will you ever be conformed to Christ unless grace does it? You don't have what it takes to be conformed to Christ. You have what it takes to become perfect in virtues, but so does the Buddhists. If you really want to go after virtue, then go join the Buddhists. Have at it. And at the end of your life, all that they will say of you is, there goes a virtuous man. That's about all that they can say. Wow, there goes a perfect man. But that's not the New Testament. See, you've made the New Testament about virtue and morality and stuff, which it has it all. But the whole goal of being born of God is that you're being transformed to become God-like, the Son of God. And this is where most Christians check out. No, we can't become God-like. That's exactly what the New Testament teaches. You're becoming like Christ. You're not becoming Christ. That little word, like Christ, is a huge... Difference. <laughs> you're not becoming God. You're becoming Godly. God-like. By God's nature added to you. Do you know what He really wants to do with you? 
He wants to glorify you. Don't tell nobody. Most folk are into virtue. God is supposed to make me virtuous. But you know what God is wanting to really do if I understand the New Testament? Is to glorify you. That is, He takes His very nature of glory and make you kind of His kind. Not that you are God, but you become glorified. You shine like God. You have the nature of God, yet you're fully just the Son of God. It's the strangest thing in the New Testament is that God is not just wanting to make you, let's say, holy or sinless, or He's wanting to glorify you. We even have this terminology in the New Testament. The very person and shining and weight of God is being lifted upon you. So, of course God doesn't want you to sin and to kill. He does want you to be virtuous. But if grace cannot empower you and lift you up, then all you're after is just virtue. And God wants to glorify. That's His New Testament economy, to make us sons and daughters of God.